It is now my great pleasure to introduce a person who reminds us that it's not enough to be wise, that truly we need to find our passion for life and to open our hearts to great love. And through that vehicle, we transform our lives. Will you welcome our spiritual director, our mentor, our leader, Reverend Patrick Cameron? I brought, uh, I brought some things to uh, keep me stimulated in case I get bored while I'm talking to you. So, anyway, we have been having a uh, discussion over the last several months about this idea that we have, each one of us has on average 50 different thoughts a minute. And so I thought I'd expand on that a little bit today, because, and, and the title of the sharing is A Bigger Idea. And I wanted to, um, before we go into our prayer, but to just illustrate levels of awareness and levels of consciousness, which are one and the same thing, I wanted to share a quote with you from one of the great um, philosophers of our time in a, a classic piece of literature to give you a demonstration of, of um, Val Van der Waal once said, and Val was a teacher, uh, influenced a lot of lives. Val said, 2% of people think, 3% of people think they think, and 95% of people would rather die than think. And so our teacher and, and founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes, said that to learn how to live is to learn how to think. So C.S. Lewis from uh, Alice in Wonderland said this. And this is the Duchess and Alice having a conversation. I quite agree with you. Well, first I'll, I'll back up because there's a cute little quote before this, I think, anyway. The Duchess says, tut, tut, child, said the Duchess. Everything's got a moral if you can only find it. I, I quite agree with you, said the Duchess, but the moral, the moral of that is be what you would seem to be, or if you, like it put, if you like it put more simply, never imagine yourself not to be otherwise than what it might appear to others that what you were or might have been was not otherwise than what you have been would have appeared to them to be otherwise. <laughs> and Alice said, I think I should understand that better if I had written it down. But I can't quite follow it, as you say. There's nothing to what I, uh, I could say if I choose, said the Duchess in a pleasant tone. And Alice said, pray, don't trouble yourself to say it any longer than that. But it is a reflection of consciousness, and it's a reflection of levels of thinking. And so what I invited the All-Stars to do with me today, in a, a great metaphor for 50 thoughts, 50 thoughts per minute, and... 3,000 new thoughts an hour. You know what? I'm going to ask Karen. Karen, is a, Karen would you come on up here and, and work this one? This is the, so the bubbles re, re, reflect thought. You know, in the cartoons. And Karen, Karen is a bubble expert, I found out, between services. So here's an idea of what our 50,000 thoughts might look like. There she goes. She's getting a little bit bigger bubbles. Now, the deal with this is I'm really poor at this, or I can't. I'm not blowing through the hole, I guess. I got them. There we go. And, and the, the trick to it, too, is look at him go. There we go. Look at Karen. Look at you go. So let's say each bubble is a thought, 50 of them a minute. Great metaphor, great visual for, for, for um, our levels of thinking. And that quote I just read from, thank you, Karen, 
just read from the um, Alice in Wonderland. It's such a great reflection of kind of the, the nonsense that we can get into in our own thinking and our own heads. So as we move into our prayer today, what I'm going to invite you to do is step out of the 50,000 different or 50 different thoughts a minute if they are a distraction from being present in this moment and being fully available to what is seeking to inform and to instruct and to inspire in this moment. And so our whole, our whole coming together each time is really to help ground ourselves in that awareness. There's a wonderful quote by George Bernard Shaw that I wanted to share with you this week as well. Shaw said, a reasonable person adapts himself to the world. A reasonable person adapts himself to the world. The unreasonable one persists in trying to adapt the world to themselves. Therefore, all progress depends on the unreasonable person. So if you've been accused of being unreasonable recently, good on you. Congratulations. I'm telling you, look at the world. You don't want to be normal. You don't want to buy into that consciousness. And it's not to be critical of it. It's just simply to say and to observe it from the perspective of, of consciousness and say, that's either for me or not for me. But to not follow along just because everyone else is following, following along. We need your genius, your unique talents and gifts, all of us. So with that in mind, I'm going to invite you to take a breath as we did last week in the practice of sensing the breath and feeling the heartbeat, nothing else. It creates a spaciousness. So let us begin that. Let us put down all the bubbles, all the cluster, all of the chaos of thinking. Let us ground ourselves in the present moment. Sensing the breath and the heartbeat is simple enough. It creates the spaciousness. And let's sing. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear. For spirit, one spirit, In this very room, in this very room, in this very room, know with me, there is one life. We are immersed in it. That heaven is now, and God is here now. It's not something to attain. It's not a journey to. It is an opening and a revelation. And it is sweet and it is beautiful. It is powerful. It is a reflection of the words of the great masters that have come down through the ages. These things I have done, ye shall do an even greater. Spoken not from faith, but from knowing. And so in this knowing, I accept that divine opportunity, that gift. Whatever is seeking expression and it is mine. In this moment, I claim it and allow it and reveal it. So I breathe gently. I stand and move and have my being in absolute trust 
a knowing of life for me in every way possible. That everything, everything that has come in my experience and influenced me in any way, I claim as a blessing and I honor it. And I stand in awe of life, living in the mystery and living in my life in that beautiful co-creation with His divine spirit, this divine presence. And so I give thanks. For in stepping into the oneness completely and speaking these words and impressing upon this infinite law that always responds and always says affirmatively, whatever I give it, it mirrors back to me. I give thanks for all the blessings here, now, and yet to be. All that is mine, all that is good, and all that is right is here now. For this I give thanks, and I invite you to say with me, and so it is. Raymond Charles Barker, when he was uh, challenged, and Barker was one of our, our pioneers in our movement. He was a contemporary of Dr. Ernest Holmes, and he, for years, had a very large work in New York City. And what Barker would say is, every time he was with, uh, confronted with something that he didn't have the answer to, he would go into his office, he would, he would pull himself in, uh, away from distraction, and he would say, Barker, you need a bigger idea. And, and he would welcome the bigger idea. So, are you interested in a bigger idea? How the idea is working for you so far? See, I think life is just sweet. Once we get this, once we realize that, that, that this moment is wonderful and sweet and, 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 and beautiful. And yet, there's, there's always something more to the, the seeking expression. Why do some people step into, this, into their lives and they just seem to move from success to success to success? And, and, and uh, Sean sang, and I hope he sings it again, a beautiful song about the, your, your class. I mean, I'm not trying to tell you what to sing, but please sing that one. It's a, it's a great song, and he wrote it for us, and, and it's about success. It, it, and it inspired me because really success is about a quality of living. It is about a way of being in life. And for me, it's, and, and I'm going to share some things with you, and I'm going to invite you to take them home with you that Deepak uh, shared in his book. He said everybody should have this up and work with it every day. See, we need to keep immersing ourselves. I do. Maybe, I don't want to say we. I need to keep immersing myself in the ideas that allow me to be on that green edge of growing. I want to live a life that is complete and wonderful and, and, just, and, and feel it all and experience it all and have the awareness. Because once we have the awareness and we're grounded in the truth of our being spiritually, it's just, then life is just a wonderment to behold. I want you to understand that you, know, you want things in life. But in, in my biggest challenge with this teaching is it never shows up soon enough. I'm going to do my God darn it treatment right now. God. So I'm waiting. But God's, I love it. I always remind myself, God's delay is not God's denial. And if it hasn't shown up yet, there's something for me to know about this. And if I don't get it and it shows up for me, to, and if it shows up before the, whatever it is I need to know, I'm not going to be able to hold it. And that's the way life works. I love that. Because then it's all perfect. And you say, well, I'm teachable, I'm open, I'm here, I'm present. What's there for me to know in this moment so that I can write the next great song or I can do the next great talk? I mean, it's about a bigger idea. Somebody came along, I brought all my bubble contraptions with me today. And this first one, I mean, this is, you know, as I grew up, I went, and there's all kinds, i got to tell you, I went to Walmart and I went to Dollar Store. Dollar Store, if you're going to buy bubbles, Dollar Store is where to go. Just telling you. Well, I checked them both out. I wanted, to be, I wanted to do my due diligence. But, I mean, here's the old way. This is how I grew up, right? 
I mean, and that's why I never liked this stuff. There we go. There you go. This, you know, the first evolution of bubbles is I was a kid. They never gave us this stuff when we were kids. If we couldn't find it out in the backyard, then turn it into something wonderful. Although I did see marbles there. Oh my gosh, I had this. I had this. Thank you, Peter. Look at that guy go. He's a natural. I, I, I just feel like Lawrence Welk when I see those bubbles coming up. Da, 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 whatever that song was. You know when Lawrence would always say, pee on your toes? That one. What's that? Ah, thank you, Peter. You can't be a blowhard. Ah, what are you saying? So, so this is the evolution of, this is a bigger idea, this is the evolution of bubbles, right? So this one, all you do is squeeze it. Well, it drips when you squeeze it, because I had to refill after the last talk, because they were fairly empty. And then, I should have Peter blow, he seems to have the magic lips. I mean, that is not 50 thoughts per minute. That's one about every 10 seconds. Oh, wow, success. That is the most successful I've been with this contraption all morning, okay? I'm just telling you. Everybody has their spiritual gifts. Bubble blowing is not mine, I'm going to tell you right now. Okay, good. You get the idea. If you go down to dollar store, uh, and this is actually $2 at the dollar store, which I think should be illegal, by the way, uh, they should call it the $2 store. Uh, and I can't even get the cap back on it. And once your hands are all full of it, soap, uh, Peter, would you put the cap back on that? Thank you. I'm going to let Peter handle it. He's got it. So that, but that one you squeeze. So someone was thinking. I said, you know, why touch the bubble stuff? Which, when you squeeze it, all the bubble stuff goes over your hands. So it is an art. Because if the, the, the quantity gets too low, you're not getting any bubbles. So then consciousness shifted. Did you just pull like that? Is that you? Oh, you are a talented man. So then I was going through the bubble section. And this is what I found. And Karen said this is her favorite. She's a bubble expert. But look at that, huh? And she said she loves it because your whole body's into it. I never thought of it that way. All right, there we go. Now there's a little bit bigger idea. Just like the cartoons, right? All the, the words that they come up with. Now there's the evolution of bubbles. And this is called the monster bubble stick. And they're monster bubbles. Karen, I'm going to let you handle that so when we blow more bubbles, because she, she's into this one. She's got, the, she's got the passion around that. So, it's, and this is, people sat around and came up with a bigger idea about bubbles, did they not? So two weeks ago, my wife, Laura, went to New York with some ladies. And uh, she was, and I said, Laura, get me what, the best present you can find for under 20 bucks. She spent $10 on me. It's the best present she's ever gotten me. It's a bubble machine. And the, the great thing about this is just like thought, it doesn't work right away. Because what happens is you press the button and then there's a pump. And it pumps the solution up and then it drips down over this red thing. And you pull the trigger and the red thing opens. But you have to prime it. Which I think is a great metaphor for our thinking. You can't just grab onto an affirmation and expect it to be a magic in, incantation. It takes time because what has to happen is consciousness has to shift. So I'm pulling the trigger here. But see, now Karen loves the, the wand because her whole body's into it. And I get that. Now this is my idea of bubble making. Okay? So, but I'm priming it right now, right? The solution's going up and it's starting to drip down. And here it comes. 
No, there's a bigger idea. Somebody actually sat around and came up with this. I drained this thing for service. All right? Now, wouldn't it be great when we're, we're like in our lives and all of a sudden an old idea comes up for us about um, something that hasn't gone well, a failure, a sense of, of not enough, of not deserving or not worthy or whatever it may be. And we could bring the same joy to that thought as these bubbles, just having fun. You know what? It's just a thought. It's just a bubble, just an idea. And I know there's another idea waiting to be born. And there it is. It's a nice big one. Oh, look at that. You see that, how it jumped into the other one? I got up this morning, Laura and I, we have this little bird, birdhouse, and I don't know if Angie's here, but we purchased a home that one of our members, current members, grew up in. And we didn't know it till like four months ago. And anyway, there's a little birdhouse out back. It's between, we're in a half duplex. And between the, the garage, on the garage wall we see it out of our kitchen window, there's a little birdhouse. And this Every year, this t- these birds come back, and they, they nest there, and they have their babies. And this morning, we're standing at the kitchen counter, and I said, look. And the mom was literally on top of the back of the baby, pecking at it, and trying to push it off t- to fly. And the baby's just going like this, going like this, going like this, and it went on forever. And then finally, the, bird, it, the little baby finally took off. But if you'd blink, you'd miss it. And I thought, isn't this amazing? Because you've got to, all of us, when we're doing this work, It's scary. And we're developing new consciousnesses like those wings. It's like the evolution of the bubble machine. And then Karen told me she's got all these other bubble machines. This is just the beginning of our bubble lecture. Two percent of people think. Three percent of people think they think. And 95 percent of people would rather die than think. And I believe that I'm talking to a room primarily of people that think. You wouldn't even be here if you couldn't consider the possibilities of another way of being on the planet. I'm gonna, Dr. Ernest Holmes, our founder, is just a, such a, an amazing guy. And I want to share with you some of his ideas. He's, I've been, every week I, I, I want to expose myself to his ideas because there's such great wisdom in, in all that he says. He says, and, it, and this is from the, the, uh, the Holmes papers, Ideas of Power. He says, there is an intelligence that, res- that responds to us. But everything we think, everything we think is some kind of prayer. Every thought is a prayer. And that is good. He said, we sit down and we say, I'll meditate. But unless in doing it we change our thought, there's no use in doing it. See, spiritual practice is only good if we apply and use our intelligence and say, that thought's not working for me and I need a bigger idea. You know what, I don't want to blow the bubbles anymore with the, the little thing that doesn't work for me. And I don't want to squeeze the thing that gets me all wet. I want to just stand there and pull the trigger. Yeah, I'm for that. And by the way, I thought about this. If we take up a collection, special collection, and you're interested in those bubble things with the trigger, we can fly Laura back to New York, to LaGuardia, where she bought them. <laughs> and she can bring a whole whack of them back with us. She said, I couldn't believe they let me on the plane with a bubble solution. I said, yeah, good for you, honey. I think she did the Jedi trick with him. There's no bubbles solution. <laughs> There's no use sitting down for 10 minutes and saying, I am surrounded by prosperity. Everything I do shall prosper. And the rest of the 24 hours saying, nothing is any good. Doesn't do any good to do the practice and then go back into it. Yeah, my life is perfect, whole, and complete. My life is perfect, whole, and complete. 
And then we walk out the door, and somebody cuts us off in traffic. There we go again. I was all set to have a good day. Damn it. And you know what? It's not unique. It's not unique. But once again, the reasonable man adapts himself to the world, and the unreasonable one persists in trying to adapt the world to themselves. Therefore, all progress depends on the unreasonable person. So getting unreasonable in our thinking and saying, you know what? I'm not buying into that anymore. All of the, 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 the early conditioning I have and anything that limits my experience of life, I'm not doing it anymore. My time here is finite. Heaven is now and God is now. It is not some final destination. He said, Holmes said, there, these are the moments when we sit down. These are the moments when we center our thinking, when we go into meditation, when we go into prayer, center our thinking, we learn to accept. First of all, remember there's a power greater than we are which reacts, a principle that responds it has now been proven not only in religious experience and modern metaphysical movements such as ours, it's built upon this, that is why you are here, because something new is happening in the world, and this is it. And I want to be part of that with you. I want to be part of that with you. We look out in the world and say, oh yeah, I want to just be, I want to, I want to buy into this because that's what everyone tells me I should do. I can't do that anymore. There is something that responds. Now we have to establish this. Holmes says, don't be impatient. Which is, I, I shared with you, my impatience. Don't be impatient because it, it's, and it's is with a capital I, which means spirit. It's utmost simplicity. Let's, gra- let's grasp it. But let's get the basics sound and let's get it mathematical. We are thinking centers in a universal mind that receives the impress of our thoughts and acts upon it. Always. Every thought is a prayer. Every thought is a prayer and that's good news. And we can stop, we can change, we can alter, we can move it gradually, sequentially, and inevitably to a new experience. We are thinking centers in a universal mind that receives the impress of our thoughts and acts upon it and reacts to it according to our affirmation. If this can be proven in a university, it certainly should be proven in the church. There is a power that responds creatively. It cannot help it, and apparently it responds mathematically. The whole universe seems to operate mathematically because it's the cosmos. It is intelligent. Therefore, we personally and individually should be able to decide that the respon- what the response is going to be. That's the next thing we have to establish. Sometimes people say, would say to Dr. Holmes, I read a great tirade in a magazine lately where people more orthodox than we said it was a shame the way people were coming to our movement that all, in all the New Thought movements because we, we promised so much. We do promise so, so much. But the promises can only be met and, and received at the cost of spiritual coin. We believe heaven is now, Holmes said, and God is now. Heaven is now and God is now. It's not some future destination. It's not a reward we're working ourselves towards. It's now. There will never be a day in eternity better than the day in which you and I are living. Ever a better day than this one. We may color differently. Our perception may say no, but it's, this, is, this is the eternal moment. It is a continuity. Now, without criticizing those people, Dr. Holmes said this, let us say that what, we ho- what they hope to get later, we would like to have now and keep later. Yeah. We do not wish to deny others the privilege of entering into heaven someday and enjoying these things which now they do not have. I merely say we believe it ought to be possible to have them now and keep them. There is nothing wrong with it. He continues, there now, it was not difficult for Jesus to pray effectively. It was not hard for this man to pray, so he always got an answer. Because he wouldn't keep any man close to him who doubted him for 15 minutes. 
See, he understood. He wasn't going to have people around him that didn't believe, that didn't support him, the highest and best. What good does it do for us to sit with one another and pick one another apart? Now, there's, a, there's many aspects to that. If we're sitting down with someone that's, that's coming from this idea of seeking relief rather than seeking results, because that's been my experience. Most of the time I've been in this teaching, I was looking for relief. I was in so much pain, so much turmoil, so much lack and, and limitation and fear. I just wanted, I wanted the pain to go away. And then as I kept doing the practices and kept doing the practices, it scared me because all of a sudden the things that I was attached to that helped, you know, the Buddhists say that what, what, uh, what creates the suffering is the clinging. All the things that I was clinging to all of a sudden didn't mean much to me anymore. You know, I, a lot of you know my story. I went to Los Angeles and I, I was an actor there for a number of years. I wanted to be. I was a wannabe actor. And I'm, every once in a while something shows up and someone will say, I saw you last night. I've been in these little, little bits and pieces of various movies. And as I started to, to, to step into my wholeness, as I started to become whole, all that stuff started meaning nothing to me. But I was so geared towards the next thing, the next goal, the next idea. That's the great thing about Sean's song. He talks about success. Success is not obtaining things. Success is a way of being. Success is just a way of life. It's eternal. Heaven is now. God is now. And once you start to develop that vocabulary, and for me, it's, 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 a, it's interesting. The whole experience I have with preparing on a Sunday continues to evolve for me, and preparing it for life just continues to evolve for me. Because you reach, all of a sudden you pass an invisible barrier, and things start, to, there's a tipping point with it. But part of it, a lot of it, is on learning and making peace with what is. So Holmes said, he was talking about Jesus here, he didn't let anybody close to him that doubted him for 15 minutes. He said, I cannot have anybody so close to me who doubts God. I don't care how orthodox he was. He had cleared his mind so he knew God would answer him, and that was that. And after that is established a power greater than we are, it responds by corresponding. We approach it affirmatively, and when we pray, we say, it is so. When we pray, believe that we have. This is fulfilling it. James Golden, when he was here several months ago, shared, he said, you don't need faith when you know. You don't need faith when you know. He shared a story with me about Don Miguel Ruiz. Well, James is our past president of the International Centers for Spiritual Living. And now he's doing other things in his ministry. And he said that Don Miguel Ruiz, who wrote the Five Agreements, the Four Agreements, wonderful teacher, has brought the Toltec wisdom to the West and, and given it life. And he said he was driving Don Miguel Ruiz to the airport from our Asilomar conference, which is the one we announced, and, and it's a two-week program now rather than one. But anyway, when Don Miguel Ruiz was going to the airport, he looked at James Golden. He'd spent the whole day with our group. He said, you know, the problem that you people have is you don't believe it. He didn't say it accusatory. He didn't say it angrily. He said, you just don't believe it. And we really applied these principles and tapped into it and moved the things aside in our limited thinking so that we started thinking rather than think we're thinking. And I'm not saying it's true for all of us. I, all I can say is for myself. Where am I not measuring up? Where, can, where am I not utilizing this beautiful, powerful tool in my life more effectively? That's the only question I have to ask myself. I can look at you and look at your experience, but the only place I can do the work is in my own consciousness, my own awareness. Holmes said the next thing is I want to consider is the degree of fulfillment. Oh, I've got to share it. There's a wonderful example of this from, from Alice in Wonderland. And it comes from that amazing teacher, Humpty Dumpty. Humpty Dumpty said this, When I use a word, it means just what I choose it to mean. When I use a word, it means just what I choose it to mean. 
neither more nor the less. And Alice says, well, the question is whether you can make words mean so many different things. And Humpty Dumpty said, the question is, which is to be master? Which is to be master? That's all. In other words, to take ownership of our words and to take ownership of our life and realize that the word has meaning because we give it meaning. Because we've done the work at the level of consciousness. Holmes talks about this extensively. Otherwise, we're just announcing. They were just announcing. So the journey spiritually is from the announcing and the faith to the knowing. And it's paradoxical because we don't want to get entrenched in the knowing. We just want to say, in this moment, this is true for me, and I'm going with this, and if there's a bigger idea than I need to be aware of, I'm open to that too. See, it isn't about getting to a certain final destination. It's about being open and fluid, but also understanding. So when people come up to you and say, you're not good. You know, when I left my home to go be an actor, there was not one person that came up to me and slapped me on the back and said, go get them, boy. Knock them dead. And I'd done years of preparation, study and acting, plays, dance class, singing class, on and on and on. That was my passion, and all that work I did prepared me for the rest of my life. I didn't know that at the time, but as I started to become more, more balanced and whole, to move into the wholeness, the things that were driving me, the pathology and the lack and the limitation and the need for approval, it started to dissipate. I don't know what was going to happen, but I knew this wasn't it for me. That was scary. But I'm just saying, and I, I'm using it as an example, but I had to do it anyway. I had to get to the point where I said, I don't care if people don't agree with me. I got to go. I got to go do this thing. I, I can't die not having tried this. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful that young kid who was just, whose knees were knocking the whole time. I got to Los Angeles. I had five bucks left in my pocket. I had no job. I had to find work right away. And I kept running out of money the whole way. And I kept saying, you know, it makes every, I have every reason to turn around and go home. And quit. Every good reason. I said, I'm not quitting. But I was just at that point. But that, that, that divine discontent and that, and that passion drove me. Look at what you want in your life. Next week is about what do you want. Forget the question. Which is really powerful. Because it's not, it's not about... It is about longing. But do you really want it? Are you passionate enough to say, man, I'm going to do whatever it takes... That experience prepared me for this experience to come here when it didn't look like this community could go either way. You know, we, on a Sunday morning, we'd have 50, 60 people. I slept in the basement for six months because the money, the funds weren't here to say, why don't you go rent a nice apartment and we'll get your family here and all the fun things. I was in. I said, you know, I'm going to make this work. I'm going to give everything I have to this community because it was a gift to me and it's still a gift to me. As we give, we receive. As we give, we receive. But I had a choice to make. And if I had not made that choice to walk through that door when I was 25 years old, to leave everything and take the limited funds I have and say, I'm in, I never would have come here. And, so, and, I'm, and I'm open to whatever that prepared me for. What's the next step? I'm not looking to go anywhere, but I'm just saying if the door opens and I know I'm called, I've said that many times. As long as this is a good fit for me and for you, I'm here. But all I'm saying is that life, life is finite and we've got to be open and receptive to the next call, whatever we're called to. And if we're not passionate about it, forget it. If you don't get up every morning and you're on fire about that idea, it's not your passion.
the degree of fulfillment. Because even in our field, we find some people are better practitioners than others. I don't mean they're better people. This is Holmes again. I don't mean they're more sincere, but they have what we call a greater consciousness. I measure everything in our work with a measuring rod of consciousness and nothing else. That is the inner, excuse me, the inner feeling and acceptance of a person. The inner feeling and acceptance of a person. This is it. How do you feel inside? Are you alive? Are you permeable? Are you open? He's saying, bring it on. I can handle that. How many of you tense up when you're, you're going to buy a lottery ticket and you might win $20 million? Or are you just like, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be nice. That or something greater. Because when you're, when, you're, when you're grounded in what Holmes is talking about, it, it doesn't matter. It can be a wonderful experience. I tell people all the time, if you have extra money, give it to me. I'll do great things with it. If you're worried, if you have too much cash, come and see me afterwards. I'll help you. So I'll do great things with it. I will. I have no problem with that. Things that we can agree on and things that we can be excited about. And that's just one form of good. But it's, it, it's a totality. Holmes said, I measure everything in our work with a measuring rod of consciousness. I've seen, he says, I've seen kids who have had this consciousness. Old people, young people. It has nothing to do with race, color, creed. Nothing to do with intellectual attainment. Nothing to do with your IQ as it is measured in schools. It has to do with, and this is key, do you have the capacity to believe? And are you using your belief at a certain level of consciousness? Do you have the capacity to believe? And are you using your belief at a certain level of consciousness? I do, not, I do know that in our field, certain people do better than others. Some people treat more effectively for some things. I have known people who are better at physical healing and others who are better at finances or affairs. I told the practitioners at the first, we should all have our, our specialty. You know, like doctors. Our son, our, our son Max is in medical school. He's going into urology. It's a specialty. I think we should have practitioners with specialties. You know, you could have Murray Gibbs, practitioner, millionaire club. Specializes in helping support people being a millionaire. Um, Sandra Gibbs. Proficiency. Master of time, space, and dimension. Whatever you want to say. You know, whatever it may be. But it's true. Holmes, Holmes said that. He said that, I have known people who are better at physical healing and others who are better at finances or affairs. The only reason is in their own mind. I've noticed, and it should be revealing, that if people have had a very good background of success before they came into our work, it is easier for them to succeed because they are merely applying what they already have to a new medium. It's like a salesman. A man who is a good salesman will be a good salesman with whatever he sells as soon as he learns the nature of the product. Isn't this true? It's common sense. So, and, and, and you know, the other thing is that we fall into the trap where we have to be good at everything. Did you notice that I was no good with one of those bubble things? And I'm okay with that. I'm not going to go home and practice with that one. I really like this one. It's slick, it's easy, it primes itself, it's a great metaphor for life. There it is, it's coming. Ah, new idea. So what's the idea of seeking expression from you? It's a bigger idea. Alice in Wonderland. Alice laughed, there's no use trying, she said, one cannot believe impossible things. We cannot believe impossible things. That we could actually have a life that is elegant and, and powerful and wonderful and joyful. Yes, we can. If that's impossible for you, good for you. Be unreasonable with that. Just say to that, 
you know what, that doesn't work for me anymore. The queen said, I dare, I dare say you haven't had much practice. See, we haven't had much practice imagining impossible things. When I was your age, the queen said, I always did it for half an hour a day. Why, sometimes I believe as many as six impossible things before breakfast. Six impossible things before breakfast. There we go. Sean's going to come up and sing a song. I bet you at one point in time you thought writing a song was impossible. Did you? Ever? Okay. I love this kid's hair, man. I want to get... I want to... Wherever you bought that toupee, I want one of those. I probably... He probably hates it, but I love it. You know, isn't it? The grass is always greener. Hey, I saw a thing on TV. It said the grass is always greener. And what it is is because when we look down, we see the dirt through the grass. But when we look over at our neighbor's yard, we see it from the side and it looks greener. I thought I'd share that. It's true. I saw it on TV. I thought, well, that makes sense. No wonder. Go stand in your neighbor's yard. Look over at your yard. You go, wow, man, that guy's got great grass. That's the way to do it. You know, it really is. It really is managing our own thinking. It's so important. As Holmes said, every thought is a prayer. Every thought is a prayer. And certain people have propensities to do this better than others. And we need bigger ideas. And I need, I need in my life, we don't, you don't need anything. I need bigger ideas to feed me and keep me on fire. See, I don't, it's not about, in my life, it's not about what I want. And I'm going to share that next week. But it's, it's just it's exciting stuff happening. But these ideas show up. Deepak said this. Here's some popular ideas. I wanted to share these with you as I, start, I begin to conclude. He said, and, 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 I, and I agree with this first one wholeheartedly. He said, if, you work hard, if your hard work hasn't brought you what you want, work harder. Yeah, let's go. I got, I'm working 90 hours a week. I'm going to boost it up to 120. And if I can eliminate sleep, I'll really be cooking. You know, the problem with that is when I used to do that, I would have to eat every meal out. So there's more money there. And then I was tired all the time when I was in between. And, and I wasn't getting anything done. I finally figured that out in my con- contracting business. People would, you know, you figure out the price and then you go in and they want this and they want that and they want this and then they want to grind on the price. And I said, well, the only thing I have to negotiate now is what you pay me. Because um, I can't go to Home Depot and say, you know, Jennifer Randell and her husband, Kevin, they want a new kitchen. And can you help them out and could we knock 20% off the cabinets so I can put them in? No, 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 no. They just, we're just negotiating now my salary. It was always very interesting because I always took it very personal. And then I learned it isn't personal. They're just asking. Great learning for me. Great learning. But working harder is not the answer. If you don't have enough, he continues. If you don't have enough, get more. If your dreams fail, keep following it. If you grow insecure, believe in yourself more. Never acknowledge failure. Success is the only option. Here's some new ideas, bigger ideas. Deepak says, if all your hard work hasn't brought you what you want, look for new inspiration. Look for new inspiration. How many of us got that counseling, that coaching? Look for new inspiration. If you don't have enough, find it in yourself. If your dream fails and you see that it was a fantasy, find a dream that matches your reality. If you grow insecure, detach yourself from the situation until you find your center again. See, Holmes used to say there's nothing, there's never anything to do. There's always first something to know. We're in the panic, it's first something to know. I remember when, when I, you know, I have varying opinions about this individual, but I remember in 9-11 when George W., the people were running around in a hurry, and he just said, you guys got to shut up because I got to think. He knew he had to, whatever level of thinking, he, he, but he knew he couldn't, do, he couldn't respond effectively with all of the cl- 
the chaos that was around him. Detach yourself from the situation until you find your center again and then re-engage. You're not shaken by either success or failure. The flow of life brings both as temporary states. The success and the failure are both temporary. Don't let it define who you are. You have value always. So there's, in the back today, I'm inviting you to take with you, to give birth to this. And Deepak put this in his book, and I, I, it's on yellow pieces. Uh, they're back on the corner of the table back there. And, and Deepak's has worked with these ideas, so I thought I'd share them with you, because many times I do, and then people ask me where they found them. I feel inspired. Work with that idea each and every day as you get up. I feel inspired. I see the truth of spiritual teaching. That's why we're here. That's why we're doing this work, giving birth to this consciousness. And it's powerful. It's, wonderful. it's exciting. I sense that I have a higher self, nurturing the light body. That's that part of us beyond. A deeper reality is dawning within us, within you and I, within myself. An inner life brings satisfaction. I understand things in a new way. I greet each day with fresh energy. My life feels more whole. I don't have time today, but I have a wonderful piece I shared at the first service about life, wholeness, about wholeness. Carl Jung said, I would rather be whole than good. I would rather be whole than good. And it's powerful stuff. And it's so important. It's such an important piece. I'll bring that next week to get a touch on it. It's powerful. But I want to honor our time as well. So this is the day. This is the moment. This is, the, this is heaven right now. God is here now. It's not a destination we're going to get. And what is restricting myself? And I'm not, you're on your own. What is respect, restricting me from having that experience? You know, I love it. I love it. You know, when, I, when Laura brought the bubble machine home, I thought, there's got to be a talk there. You know? Because really, our thoughts, you know, they seem precious and they seem wonderful in there. And, and they are. You know, but they're really just like bubbles. They come along. Bitzer, Dr. Bitzer used to say that opportunities are like I like buses. They come by about every 15 minutes. In the Dow I shared with you last week, look at that, look at that baby. Now somebody, look at the genius behind that. All the way from New York to Edmonton. There, Peter's got it going again too. Beautiful stuff. But our thoughts are just like that. And we can pop them anytime we want and replace them. Or we can continue to nurture them. What successful people do, what my observation has been, what successful people do, and some people I know seem to move from one success to another. There have been some geniuses that we've seen on the planet. They move from one success to another. What is it about them? They have cleaned the palette of consciousness in a way that allows the creativity to continue to fill them. And so our opportunity is to be able to look at our lives and love all of it. Love all of the opinions, the bad opinions we have about ourselves, the, the negative things that we, uh, we have about ourselves. It's not glossing them over. It's bringing them in close. Say, yeah, that's part of me too. I just don't live from that. I know I can be angry. I know I can be small. I know I can be selfish. I know I can be greedy. I can be all those things. There are times I see stuff happen. I think, man, I, you, know, you watch a show on television and you think, I, no. You, know, you watch someone harming someone and you just... Mm, so that's alive in me. But I don't live from that. I can acknowledge it and I can bless it and I can have the experience saying I'm moving forward. And what I use it for is inspiration so that I can find the more interesting idea. So that I can continue to live an inspired life. So it's not denying any of it. It's owning all of it. Because all of the darkness, the dark stuff, the shadow, if we, until we own that as well as the, the light, we're, we're, we're using so much of our energy to keep that away. Once you let it in, it's like, Wow. 
I, would, I wish I'd done this a long time ago. I wish I'd popped that bubble a long time ago. I don't have to hold back the dam. Bring it on. I have the consciousness and the awareness. I'm grounded in that deeper life. And I continue to do that. I continue to nurture my light body, my, that light essence that I am. Ye are the light of the world. That's what Jesus said. You're the light of the world. These things I have done, ye shall do an even greater. I don't think he was kidding around. I think he knew. I think he knew. He stepped through that threshold and he kept stepping through it. And that's our opportunity to step through the threshold. So if you, if right now, if you're pulling your, your, your thing out and blowing bubbles manually, time to step up the way you, you create. Time for the bigger idea. Invite it into your life. Invite it into your experience. Take it out in the world and apply it in a way that just dazzles and amazes all the people that think they know you. Because they don't. Continue to be unreasonable. And so it is. Blessings. Here she comes with her bubble.